With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's now time for the NTFL Top End 10 with Jackson Clark and Rob Hale. Robbie, do you want to start at... Well, obviously you would, wouldn't you? You want to start at number 10? Yeah, number 10's Ryan Nyhouse. So he's uh, now with Nycliffe climbing up the ladder. He's put in some great uh, performances. So that's the skipper, Ryan Nyhouse, who could be a future captain of that rep side probably from next year even. Yeah, number nine. Number nine is Matt Dennis, um, slid down. Um, Nycliffe's done a bit of a number on him last week. so But his form still stacks up and he's the best ruckman in the comp. We will talk about that role that Nycliffe played against Matt Dennis yep. and the implications it has on Southern District moving forward when we go into those round 14 games. But, yeah, a very interesting one, that. Number eight. Number eight's Nate Paredes. Um, continues to put up good numbers. Mr. Consistency. And consistent and does get out the, you know, does work out the back and get a couple of goals as well. So he's very damaging in that aspect. Number seven. Number seven is Mitch Robinson. So Mitch has had a couple of quieter weeks. Um, didn't play last week, but he put up some really massive numbers like when he first came out of the AFL. So Mitch Robinson, number seven. I like this one, number six. Number Smith. Uh, number, number Smith. Smith is, that's him, Luke Smith from Southern Districts, a crafty half forward um, who does pinch hit through the midfield, averaging, you know, probably about two goals a game and, and 20-odd touches, 22, 23 touches a game, very consistent from there's, Geelong. There's always one of those blokes, hey, that it takes a little while for the Territory football community to sort of recognise just how good he is, and I reckon mm. that might be Luke Smith this year. Yep, definitely. Number five. Number five, Stevie Motlop. Had the week off last week. Um, probably resting that injury, so I've got Stevie at number five. Four? Four is the, uh, is the mover. It's Jaden Magro. I don't think he was in before Christmas, but he's gone into four. Um, obviously didn't get to play last week. Would have loved to have seen what he would have kicked last week against Tiwi. But, yeah, number four is Jaden Magro. I'm going to try and phrase this question properly. I was going to say, have you been too harsh? But that might be a bit harsh on you, Rob. Has mm. Jaden Magro exceeded your expectations with his form this year? I know when we were talking about him earlier in the year, it was, well, I'd like to see how he goes against the top teams. He kicked seven against districts, and he's yep. kicked, you know, he kicked four against Nycliffe, I believe. Yeah. He is good against any opposition in the NTFL. He's shown that this year. Yeah, I think he's, he's defeated me on that one. Um, it's it's def- like Just talking around town, there's a few people that criticised, saying that they thought he was a bit flat track, and he's, um, he's definitely beat all those expectations that I put on him, but he's got one more to beat, and that's uh, that's Kieran Parnell when he plays against St. Mary's. Mm, number three. Number three is Baxter Mench. So I think Mench has gone back to going to Queensland now, so he's probably going to slide out unless they fly him in, but they do have a big fly-in list, Palmy, so that's unsure if they'll be flying him in. Well, it's about 30 possessions a week that yeah, they'll lose out missing. of that engine room. Yep. Mm. Uh, number two is Brody Philo. So Philo's just going about his business. was pretty good at, um, against districts last week, and... Yeah, I really like um, how Brody Fyler and starting he's on the a, ball. He's a regular in that top five, isn't he? Year yeah. after year after year. He's yeah. an NTFL legend now, isn't he? Yeah, he definitely is. Two um, nickels, three flags. Yeah, probably you know probably up there now is probably the second greatest Nycliffe player now, probably behind um, great late Joe Joe Bonson. Very very good footballer. Uh, number one. Number one, no surprise here. It's uh, Dill Lant. So on your top twenty-five, he was number one, and then ten years, yeah. top four, he was number the one. So he's got this trifecta, and um, 
Yeah, even when he gets tagged out of it, he somewhat got tagged against Pints and still had 25. Raf, I'd like your input. Why is Dylan Lance so good? Like, for those listening that have not may not seen Dylan Lant play, why is he a unanimous number one? I think, uh, first of all, I think he's two-way running. Um, like, mm. he, you know, and, and the, the off-ball running is what um, sets him apart. And someone who was very similar when they played up here was, um, if everyone remembers, Big Geary, mm. um, Jackson mm. Geary. Yeah. Their off-the-ball running is what catches my eye. Um, so people, if you're wondering what that is, is when you're, you know, you know we're either footy or you... But you're taken off and you're put in, you know, a three-quarter effort um, stride to get to where the next contest is going to be. Um, so your your defenders or your tagger has to put in that same effort to be with you at all times, and then being at every stoppage, also pushing back to be, you know, a help in the defence. But then to get on the end of it and kick goals. So he's kicking two to three goals a week as a genuine midfielder. That's you know that's huge running. And like we mentioned before. You know, 25 k's a session. Mm. Um, you know, that's elite. That's AFL type running. So, you know, I'm surprised he's not on a, a, a not a rookie at AFL level, to be honest. He has played some really good football down south at Essendon and Glenelg. Well, that is our top 10. A little bit different to my list that I do over Christmas. I did a top 25. And Rob, you've been a little bit critical in our private conversations. What? Where did I go wrong? I just, I, just, I would do, look. <laughs> I thought. Having 10 backmen in was excessive. Um, I do think Darcy Hope and Calder should have been in the in the 25. Um, and also just touching on one other thing is outside the top 10 for me is Jared Stokes and Tommy Schott from yeah. Pints. Um, they're two blokes that are probably 11 and 12 maybe, depending on obviously what happens next week. But, yeah, that was only my only criticism was I think we're probably too um, defender heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Calder's kicked a fair few goals without being outstanding this year. I think Calder's probably in there, and then maybe Darcy Hope as well. I did acknowledge that Calder was my number 26, and, like, honestly, if there's one thing that I can see that I may have got that wrong. I, I do have Jackson Calder as an inner top 25 players in the comp if you're picking from scratch. You need a key forward, and I think Calder's probably the best key forward in the comp. So I'll concede that one. Darcy Hope, a really good player too. I don't think he's done enough yet. Um, I'm, I'm not big on the forwards this year. We've all seen some great forwards in the NTFL over the last decade. You know, I look back at Cupido, and I'm not afraid to put the forward at number one. And back in 2014, I had Cupido at number one, and everyone was saying, oh, what about the midfielders that get it to him? But just a bloke that kicks that many goals has to be there. Darren Schillerbeer was a maligned player at Darwin Buffaloes, and I had him very high. So I'm not afraid to pump up the big forward, but I'm just not going to put a forward in there if they're averaging two goals a game. I know he's hitting up and that sort of stuff, but I think it has been the year of the defence. If you look at yeah, across the board, the team's... Uh, there's low scores being kicked. And one, I'm going to put it back on you, Rob, because you it's very easy to sit back and say, hey, this guy should have been in, that guy should have been higher. Who should have been lower? Who have I overrated? I think some of the small defenders, you can take your pick on any of them. Um, I'm not going to go name names, but you had, a, you had, oh, you had 10 of that, them. That's in convenient. There. Yeah, well... <laughs> name had, a name. You had, you had 10 names Dill Collis, Bradley uh, Stokes, who? I'd probably... Oh, you could take out a... Capanel. You could that's take out a Carlin if you wanted to. Um, you could take... Yeah, you could take out a Bradley Stokes. You could take out... Um, any of those small backs that were there, um, even I, I rate Wills Wiz Parnell highly, but I think you know you could also take him out. I could have, I, I would almost make an argument to take him out as well if you're doing a top 25. Darcy Hope though, like if you're going off goals, it's not his role. How much times he links up through half forward? He's had games where he's kicked two goals, had 14 touches and eight score assists, and Ryan Ayres has given him best on and stuff like that. Is just he does stuff that not doesn't look good on the stats, but he's the best centre forward up here. He's named a centre forward um, in tomorrow's game, and it's no surprise that he is um, because him and Calder are the best two forwards in the comp. 
but I do agree there is a lack of big forwards um, at the moment in the top end, and it, that's a bit of a concern for me. I'd like to see a few big, uh, big more, a few more gorillas get up here, Jacko. Yeah, no, nah, good chat, mate. It's always good to <laughs> good to have a healthy debate on air over this.